Welcome to In The Loop Podcast, a podcast that is inspired by the breakaway roping lifestyle. I'm your host, Jordan Joe, professional rodeo athlete, NFR qualifier, and business owner. My goal is to promote the sport of breakaway roping alongside with celebrating and highlighting elite competitors in and out of the arena. This podcast shares the raw and the real of breakaway roping, bringing you behind the scenes stories from competitors, producers, leaders, and the trailblazers, all sharing stories of the Western culture and the lifestyle that they live daily. Join me to talk about breakaway roping, the history, the present, and the future of our sport. If you want to be in the loop, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Take a listen. Welcome to our special series, the 2022 15 Days of National Finals Breakaway Roping. I am so excited for y'all to hear the stories of this year's top 15 qualifiers talk about all things breakaway roping. Each of their stories from 2022 have a lot of similarities and some differences. But one thing that I loved is not only did they highlight their greatest victories, but they also highlighted the major challenges that they overcame to end up in the top 15 this year. The 2022 Wrangler National Finals Breakaway Roping, presented by Teton Ridge, is returning to Las Vegas this year to be hosted at the South Point Hotel and Casino, who is expanding their footprint to also be known as the Vegas Cowgirl Central. I am honored to be teamed up again with the Wrangler Network, bringing you live results from the arena floor of the 2022 NFBR. With 10 go-round interviews, average title, and we're going to crown the 2022 World Champion Breakaway Roper, y'all. You can live stream this event on the Wrangler Network at www.wranglernetwork.com. Brought to you live every day, November 29th and 30th at 2 p.m. Check out our show notes for all of the info and the links to watch this event live. Welcome to the 15 Days of Breakaway Roping, brought to you by In The Loop Breakaway. Here we go. Okay, guys, today we are here with Joey Williams coming in number eight in the 2022 Breakaway NFR. Uh, Joey, thank you for coming to the show today. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. So this is Joey's second year. Um, She is a veteran NFR Breakaway contender. Um, So, Joey, you've had some really cool, special things happen this year in your career with your family, your horse. Um, So just... Tell me a little bit about what 2022 um, was like for you. All right. Well, I guess the first thing I will say is that I think the highlight of the year was baby getting horse of the year. I mean, it's really fun to make the NFR, but when you um, have a horse that your family raised and trained win horse of the year, it's pretty hard to replace that feeling. I mean, that was that was definitely the icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, well, and she's such a special horse. Like, I just want to jump right into that and talk about that because, you know, I want to go into the history of that. We talked a little bit about her last year and what an instrumental piece she was, how you may or may not have stole her from your husband. We can just consider it a gift. Um, <laughs> and she has just such been such an instrumental piece to your puzzle. And so, Tell me, like, how is she, and you and I have talked about this. You're probably like, oh gosh, Jordan's asking me more questions, but tell me how she's bred um, and tell me kind of a little bit about you and your husband. You know, this is something you guys have started. You've planted these seeds a long time. This is a long time in the making. So talk a little bit about that process and what it looks like. 
Yeah, well, I definitely, I mean, it's kind of the whole family. My father-in-law, he owned both her, both the studs she was by and her mother. And so, yeah, it goes back a lot of years to get something like her. I mean, uh, her sire was Frenchman's Bullet. And for a lot of years, all the horses that my husband's family rode and myself rode were by Frenchman's Bullet. And her mother was, her name was Beanie Baby Chick. And she's, um, Cassidy Casanova and Chicks Bedueno on her papers. So yeah, she's got a lot of run, which I know I've said before, but it's a little bit unusual for a breakaway horse to be bred like that. But, you know, that's kind of our program and it's kind of worked for us. Um, we just kind of stick to those bloodlines and, um, you know, sometimes those horses can be a little more tough to get the finished product, but once you get them, especially in the rodeo world, I think that speed is incredibly important. Yeah. And you and I said, I think it was at Ellensburg and, and I was just picking your brain about it. But, you know, one of the most crucial things, I think, and, and you tell me your opinion on this, that it makes or breaks a lot of the different, um, you know, just the different rodeo arenas that we go to, the different setups, the scores, the calves is how fast your horse can get from the corner to to the calf. And um, I remember at Ellensburg on your I think it was maybe your third calf. Was it your third calf that ran so hard? Um, the black. My, or was yeah, it my second run? one. My second that one was, was your second runner. calf. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So your second calf, we sat back there and we were talking about it. And this calf had outran. He. It was the third time he'd been run, and he'd outran almost two people. I mean, I think the fastest time there was a four on him. And right. I remember we were sitting back there talking, and and you were like, you know, this calf isn't very good. And I I remember saying, well. Uh, your horse is really good. So, and you said, yeah, that's right. And so you kind of had made the game plan. You know, if, if I hit the barrier, um, I'm going to be right there and I'm going to have my shot. And I remember sitting back there and watch you in the perf and that's exactly what you did. And you made that calf look good, but, or your horse did, you know what I mean? But, and you were, I think you, yeah. did you win the fastest time or were you the fastest time um, of Ellensburg? On my first calf, I was a two four on my second calf. I placed, I think I was sec maybe split second or something in the second round on that calf. So yeah. yeah, I mean, that is just a testament to her because I think that, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you can get by on just an average horse when you draw good, but it's the great horses that step up when you know that you draw something that's not desirable and you can still do good on them. Hands I mean, down. she did the same. Yeah, she did the same thing for me in Rapid City. I looked at my draw calf had outran two girls and I think I got second there too. And it's just kind of a mindset thing. I mean, you just have to trust your horse and you just take a, you know, a, a good start at the barrier and hope you get out and your shot's going to be there. She's usually going to get me there. So it's a good feeling to have that. Well, and, for sure. and I think that that's so cool. And, and just being on the you know, behind the shoots with you guys and getting a rope with you. I've seen so much of that this year with you and your horse that you've just drawn average calves or maybe calves that, you know, hadn't really had any, mo any money one on them. And you took an average calf and, and made them a good calf because you're ho the horsepower that you have. And so I just think that's a cool testament to you and your husband. Um, the the quarter horses that you guys are breeding and, and raising and coming up alongside of those. And you told me in Ellensburg that you do have a full sister to baby. Is that right? So yeah, there was actually quite a few full siblings to baby. She's the youngest. Um, Clay Tryon uh, had been heading on JLo the last couple of years. Um, she actually passed this fall and I don't know a lot of details on it, but yeah, we were super sad to hear that. And um, all of her other siblings are gone by now too. Baby's 11, but Bud owned that mare for quite a while. And um, Taylor's good heel horse 
then high school and college was a full sister to baby. Um, yeah, so she's had, we've had quite a few really good ones that were full siblings to her. But um, luckily, we've started breeding baby. Uh, we, we tried to get ahead of the game on her because we never got any foals out of some of her sisters. So we have three on the ground and one on the way. So that's pretty exciting. And I think one of uh, one of the cults you told me that Taylor said it was so crazy how similar he was to her. Is that right? Yeah, it's her two-year-old. She's a little filly by Smoke and Sparks. And yeah, they are funny. They're eerily the same. So hopefully that pans out for us. <laughs> I know. I told Joey, I said, now don't be stingy. You want to sell that horse? Because, I mean, you don't need two of them. You know, let's be realistic. But hey, she does too. have she does have a whole trot line of kids following her. So she's she's got to have these horses ready for those kiddos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that would be pretty fun someday to watch my kids get to ride her as well. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would. Be, I mean, and I think it will come into fulfillment. You know, it's going to be a family legacy that you guys have. And um, how cool would it be? You know, maybe one day your daughter will win horse of the year on, on the horse out of that line. So it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> Well, and so just kind of like circling back before we jumped on this call, Joey said, I said, how's the weather there? And she said, well, it's a bit of a blizzard, a bit of a blizzard Not right now. It was it, it was, was last weekend. We're still. Yeah, it's actually supposed to be nice today. I mean, it was it's 26 degrees right now, but it's supposed to warm up today. Our arena is still wet. So that's a bummer. But hey, we'll take the moisture. <laughs> You're like the pioneer woman of breakaway up there. You're just roughing the train, <laughs> raising kids, you know, horses, all the things. But oh, so. Shoot. Let's talk a little bit about some things throughout the year. You, horse of the year, amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. Um, what were some of the takeaways from this year that you thought were a little bit different than last year in your rodeo season? Well, I feel like this year um, I started earlier. Last year, I, I mean, I had no intentions of going that hard and it just kind of took me there. And so this year I started out by going to the winter rodeos and honestly, I didn't have that great of a winner. I think I won a really small check it every winter rodeo, but you know, not, did not come out of there like I had hoped to. And so going into, well, yeah, going into this, but there's not a lot going on up here into the spring either. So, I mean, it was kind of just hanging out till summer and once summer hit, I was like, I'm really going to have to turn it on if I have a chance at making it back to the finals because I was not sitting good about midsummer once the rodeos really started getting going up here. So I, um, I guess I had some luck and just, I don't know, it just kind of, especially at the end of the year went my way. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we covered a lot of miles this year. I think this year I went to, I don't remember, was it 60 rodeos or so? And last year, I think I only went to like 40. So 20 more doesn't sound like a lot, but when you are logistically getting to that many more rodeos, when you have three kids and I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> even though on paper, it doesn't look like a lot. But when I sit back and wonder how in the heck I even got to that many rodeos this year, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it takes a, it takes a village. I have a lot of help. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, when you're strapping kids in the car seat and realize that you have to drive to California, it's not a great feeling. <laughs> Well, and I think that that's so I guess one, you want them to make it count once you get there. So make it count. Yeah. Mentality. You have to make yeah. literally make every run count when you get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love, that's one thing I love about you and everybody, you know, you look at the top 15 this year and it's a whole different group of girls. I mean, there's a, there's a handful of you guys that have made it 
more than once, but it's just a whole different group of girls. And and that's what we've kind of seen, but everybody has their own strategy and they do it all a little bit different. And one thing's I, it, one of the things I admire about you is that you have three kids, you have a husband, you have a, uh, a ranch at home. I mean, it, you do only rodeo, you know, 40 to 60 rodeos a year and you do make it count and you do, you have gotten to the NFR two times in a row. And so just an applause for that. But Talk to me a little bit. I, I have a lot of moms that listen and just want to know, you know, what it's like. And and I talked to JJ a little bit about this too. The sacrifices that you make as a mom and, and kind of making those sacrifices. Um, how do you make all of that work? Because I know I, I saw you throughout the summer. I know you do have a village. Your mom's always helping you. And there's, there's several other people, Taylor. And, you know, usually I laughed at him. He was pushing the stroller and dragging the other two. And, and then here you come with the horse or one of them, you know, and I have several pictures of that. I thought that was so cute, but like, how, how have you made that all work and still be able to back in the box with a clear mind and then, you know, give it your best? You know, I honestly don't have a good answer for that is all I can say is I literally take this day by day. I mean, I don't know what's coming week to week. I mean, we literally live day by day because I don't didn't have like a full time nanny this summer. So I had I mean, I was literally at rodeos and begging people in the hospitality tent to watch my daughter while I roped or else sometimes I did take a babysitter with and sometimes they stayed home. But every week looked different for me. And I mean, it is a lot. And that's why I think that the mental game is so important when we're doing what we do, because I do have a lot going on. I mean, between the ranch and the kids and everything else. And so when you back in the corner, you you really have to be mentally locked in, because if you're not, you might as well not even be there. And so I guess I guess I don't know. Like I said, it is just that fine line of trying to balance everything. And sometimes I'm sure I make the wrong decisions and do the wrong thing for my kids or for my roping. I mean, it it really just is walking a fine line of trying to keep my kids happy and, you know, um, showing them, I guess, trying to be a good role model for them. I'm hoping that that's something they can take out of this someday when they grow up a little more and understand it. But right now when they are little and they don't really understand what's going on. I mean, it is difficult because when you have to drive away, like when I left to go to Ellensburg, Landon had started school and he didn't want me to leave and I don't want to tear up talking about it, but yeah, it was hard. I mean, I knew that if I had a chance at all to go to Vegas, I had to go out there because I needed tour points and I needed money. And so, yeah, that was, that was not fun (laughs) when you know you're driving away several hours and you have to leave one of your kids at home because he has to go to school. I mean, it's not a good feeling, but I just hope that, you know, someday that they will get some good out of it too. And, you know, they're fine. I mean, once I'm gone, he's fine and him and his dad hang out or whatever. But yeah, it is a struggle. And just, I guess you just have to hope that the end is worth it. And I guess this year it was, we get to go back to Vegas and the kids are really excited to go back. So I'm glad it all worked out. Yeah, for sure. And and I will say too, like just knowing you a little bit and becoming friends with you as we've gotten to rodeo, like your family is 120% about you breakaway roping and your husband too. And I think that that's got to be something that gives you a big piece of knowing like they're for me no matter what. And they they don't, they want you to go and do this. And yeah. especially right now, you know, you've got the horse, you've got the opportunity, you've obviously got the talent. So they're, they're, they're wanting you to. And although it is hard, like you do have people that are beside you and behind you pushing you. Oh yeah, for sure. My husband is very crucial in that. There's many times in the, throughout the summer that it would have been pretty easy to stay home and he 
made me push through. So I yeah. really, really am appreciative of that because you do, you do need some, you do need a whole crew of people behind you, supporting you, encouraging you. I mean, that's half the battle right there is just staying mentally positive and, you know, knowing that you have a big support system. So talk to me a little bit about the rodeos. You know, what did you go to any different rodeos this year? And, um, you know, what, what was your biggest rodeo victory and what was one of the biggest obstacles that you thought you overcame this year rodeoing? Yeah. I mean, this year I went to a lot of different rodeos that I didn't go to last year because last year I, I hit most of the circuit rodeos until about September. And then I went, you know, to what I could. And this year I started earlier. I, I mean, I went out to California to Clovis and Red Bluff. That was a lot of fun. It was the first time I'd ever been to California and made a second trip back there for San Juan. <laughs> so that one I was really dragging my feet for because I knew one, I'd been there once and I knew how far California was. Yeah. So I, um, so winning San Juan was definitely one of my highlights. I guess I split the win there. I shouldn't say I won it, but yeah, that was fun. And Ellensburg was definitely up right up there for me. Uh, that was probably one of my most exciting wins this summer. Um, Ogden and Mandan, those were both pretty, pretty exciting wins. And so, yeah, I just, I, um, I don't know, I guess I just kind of kept hitting throughout the summer to keep me right there where I was kind of on the bubble and then just had a strong finish. And so, yeah, that worked. I mean, I, I was, I was really happy. I did decide to go out to the Northwest because I was hoping to stay home and go to some closer circuit rodeos. And, uh, had I not gone out there, I wouldn't have got into Puyallup. And even though I didn't finish good in Puyallup, I still got out of there with quite a bit of money. So the Northwest was good to me. So I'm glad I went. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like one of the things I want to touch on it and say that's really neat is a lot of the talk this year was, you know, strategy wise, you've got to come out of the winter rodeos with, with some money and you did have some, but not much. And like you said, you had, you had big wins throughout the summer. And so I think that that's really neat that it's, it's kind of like breaking through of, well, if you don't have any money coming out of the winter you know, you really don't have a chance. Whereas you, you prove that you prove that wrong. You know, you had your hits like your San Juans and and your Ogden's and your Ellensburg's. And I think, I mean, 40% of them at Ellensburg. That's Uh, not quite. (laughs) Well, pretty much like that's a, that's pretty dang impressive. And, um, you know, especially with the the amount of girls, like there was probably over a hundred girls entered at almost everything we went to that was a bigger, you know, 5,000 or added more rodeo. And so competing yeah. against that many girls, winning all of those big monumental wins this year, like you had a hell of a year. It was awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> it was, it was pretty fun. I will say it was, and it was really fun to get to go to those places. I mean, I'm just so thankful to those committees that are adding breakaway and the ones that are putting up equal money. And I know that the ones that aren't, I'm sure they're trying to get there. And it's just, we're just very appreciative of that because it is, I mean, they're bucket list for us. I never thought I'd get to go to those rodeos unless I was there barrel racing. So it's pretty, it's pretty exciting for breakaway right now. Well, and so what, like the new, one of the rodeos that you didn't go to, or that we, they didn't have in the breakaway last year that you went this year, if you had to name a couple favorites, what would your tops be? Well, Ellensburg had breakaway, but I didn't go last year. And that was definitely one of my favorites. That's just a really cool arena. And the crowd was awesome. It was that was a really fun rodeo for me being a three header and to be consistent throughout the whole rodeo. That was that was definitely up towards the top. Um, San Juan was pretty exciting. I got to go to the beach in California and then the rodeo went well. And so other than the drive, that other was than the drive, fun too. 
Yeah. I mean, I have, I guess I have lots of favorites. It's hard to pick just one. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So if you know me, you know that I love ropes and I always have a big selection to choose from. Some might say that I'm a rope fanatic, but that is why I am so proud to be a part of the Lone Star Ropes team. Attention to detail can be found in everything crafted by Lone Star Ropes. Breakaway stars like 2021 world champion Sawyer Gilbert, two-time NFBR qualifier Joey Williams, and myself all swear by Lone Star Ropes. So, in celebration of our 15 days of NFR Breakaway series, Lone Star Ropes is giving away a free Lone Star Ropes 20-ounce tumbler with the purchase of two of our winning breakaway ropes. You can find this deal at LoneStarRopes.com slash pages slash Jordan Joe to get the details, including a special discount code with the free tumbler. That's LoneStarRopes.com slash pages slash Jordan Joe. I am so proud to be a member of the Lone Star Ropes team. Lone Star Ropes, a different kind of company making a different kind of rope. It sets us apart from the rest and that's just fine with us. Now let's get back to this episode. Well, so all that leads up to we're rolling into the NFR, the Las Vegas again, different venue. It's at the South Point this year. Last year it was at the New Orleans. Um, what cabs, do you know what cabs you guys are open and kind of, you know, how the setup and the format's going to look like? Yeah, I think they're uh, Mundorf's cabs and I won't be going down for it, but I think they're going to rope through them here in a week or so. Um, so I'm not really sure what they'll be like, but I'm hoping they're similar. I hope they're strong and bigger cabs like we were up last year I thought that that worked out I mean I feel like for an indoor setup that's always nice to have cabs that keep trying and you know make you hit the barrier so I hope that I hope they're similar to the um, ones we were up last year um yeah I guess as far as getting ready for it I am just trying to stick to the same game plan I did last year there's not a lot going on up here this time of year there's a few local jackpots I'll try to hit some of those and just try to stay sharp with baby and if there's not much to go to, I'll probably try to run some practice calves on her and just try to stay sharp with both of us. I got another couple horses that I'll rope on here and there, but my plan is to stick with her if um, she stays sound and I mean, which God willing, she will. So yeah, I, I guess that's kind of my plan as far as getting ready for it. And you have another horse. Talk a little bit about him. Um, you rode him at, did you, you rode him at Pendleton, right? Yeah, he, so, that was um, it was, his, was first his first rodeo, rodeo in, yeah, in yeah. the breakaway. Well, I guess he's my jackpot head horse, so he had actually never been to any rodeo, but he's he's 13 this year. He's been lots of places team roping, but um, that was his first time through a barrier and first time at a rodeo in the breakaway. But after Piala and Ellensburg, I decided to give baby the day off at Pendleton. And uh, so, yeah, he did good for me. We didn't make it back, but I was proud of him and. Um, I haven't decided if I'll take him out there or not. I, um, uh, I, I haven't actually decided which backup I'm taking. My, my brother-in-law has a head horse that I used to break way on quite a bit. So he might come out there with me or my Palomino that I rode at Pendleton, he might come out there, but I'm still working on that. So not sure which one I'm going to bring, but there'll be one of, one of those two for sure. So talk to me a little bit about last year's NFR. Um, I think you had the fastest time overall last year out of all 10 rounds. You were 1-7. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So how was it? How how was it roping 10 rounds? You know, it, it's a fast-paced thing. You rope, you know, five one day, five the next day. 
Um, and there's really not much time in between, which I think some is like a catch 22. Like it's good if you're having a good day, but maybe not the best if, if it hasn't kicked off to a good start. And so one of the things that that you do and, and you've done all year long and it shows is just you hit the barrier and, and you're ready to throw it. So tell me a little bit about your experience last year at the NFR and, and if you have anything that you're going to change or kind of try to go and do a little different this year. Yeah, last year was a lot of fun. And coming into the NFR, I felt kind of like an underdog last year. And I literally went in there feeling like I had nothing to lose. I mean, nobody really even knew who I was. I didn't have a lot of expectations on my shoulder. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think I kind of had an advantage there. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was nervous and I did feel pressure. But I mean, had I went out there and not had a good NFR, I'm sure not anyone would have even noticed except for my family. So, you know, that was a good feeling. And it was a lot of fun. The five each day, I'm I'm not I'm undecided on it. It's literally a whirlwind. I mean, it's a like you said, it's a lot of fun if it's going well. But if you have a rough start, I think it would be really hard to dig back out. I mean, you're really gonna have to dig down deep if you go out there and your first two or three rounds don't go good. It's gonna be hard to recover from that. Which I will say, the second day last year, I didn't have the greatest start. I'm trying to remember exactly how it went, but I know my first two calves, I didn't win anything on them. I think I maybe missed one and was maybe a little late on one and was down the arena a little ways. And so, yeah, that was a good example. Like I had to come back from that second calf and be like, all right, I haven't hit the barrier these first two and it's not going good. So that was round eight. I think I won. I came back and hit the barrier and was one eight, I think, and Mm -hmm. uh, won that round. And so, yeah, it is just, it is a, it is very mentally challenging because you don't have time between rounds to regroup. I mean, you barely have time to figure out what your draw is, right? They are, they roll right into it. I mean, I didn't get to watch. And the other thing is you don't get to watch the other girls going because you're trying to get ready for your next run. So, I mean, I relied basically solely on my husband and the other girl that ran it to tell me what my calf was. I mean, you don't even hardly have time to pull up a video or anything. So I mean, Taylor sat there and tried to watch most of it. So he had a pretty good idea of the calves. And so you definitely need someone down there helping you. I mean, it's too fast and furious to try to do it alone. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. And it it is, you know, I mean, the one thing that I think the breakaway ropers have really prided themselves on the last couple of years is uh, I will say a challenge has been, well, you know, you guys take so long in the box. And so I think we've taken it upon ourselves to be like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And so really, you know, and and at the NFR, you get 45 seconds in the box or you get a fine, which there are fines to be had and they're not going to turn you out or anything, but girls do. It's a fast pace. You know, I think last year it took maybe 15 to 20 minutes, maybe around they drag, they, and then like the first three, they already have drawn, but they drag and then they're, they're kicking right back into it. They run the flags and then here we go again. And so you don't have much time. And so Tell me, like, are there, you know, you talk a lot about your mental, mental strength and, you know, that being a big part of your success. Are there any specific things that you do preparing and going into the NFR mentally to kind of have that, you know, sure, steadfast way to like you're, you're ready for however it goes? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a tough question. The NFR is such a unique situation compared to everywhere we all, everywhere else we go throughout the year. So, I mean, I don't really know. I just like last year, I, like you said, you get to know your first three calves, but I really tried to just focus on my first one because I didn't want to be thinking, oh, my third calf is going to go left a little bit and then have that in your mind when you're trying to get ready for your first one. I mean, 
I really just try to take it one calf at a time. I, you know, locked in as soon as I found out my draw, locked in on that calf, tried to visualize it and uh, made sure my rope still felt good. That's the other thing. You kind of need a handful of ropes there in case it gets a little muddy or something. <laughs> yep. You can't just, you have to have lots of things ready. Like for, in fact, so I won round eight and I did a victory lap and I was first out in round nine and I had to tie my rope on before the victory lap. And I wasn't even sure that I was going to win it at that point because you're roping against 15 of the best girls in the world. But I had to, you know, I'm trying not to be superstitious. And I'm like, okay, if I win this, I'm going to have to do a victory lap. And then I'm going to have to crawl on and go in the box and rope my calf. because I was first out in round nine. So I did, I did the lap came out. He goes, we're going to play a 30 second commercial and you're up. And I'm like, literally got off my horse that I did the lap on, got on baby, took a deep breath and in the box for round nine. I mean, that is fast and furious and you have to be locked in. I mean, you can't let, and that was the the one thing that I wish was a little different about it is like, even though you had just won a round, you couldn't almost even let yourself celebrate because you had to be mentally locked in and ready to go for the next calf. But I guess that works the other way too. If you miss one, you also don't have time to get mad about it. You're just like, okay, on to the next. So I guess that kind of works both ways, but not, can't really celebrate too much highs or lows. Like you're just ready to, I mean, you just have to be ready for the next one. Well, and I think that that is really too neat that it's a testament to having that mental strength and, and stature that, and, and that's the top 15 all have that. You know, I mean, the, there's a lot of girls who have it that aren't in the top 15, but especially those girls there, you have to have it. And and knowing that format, because it is. And just like you said, you got to one track mind, you got to stay focused in, locked in, rope your calf. You don't have time to think. You can't really have too many highs and lows. You, you've just, you've got to keep going on and, and keep calm and cool and steady and then be too flat. <laughs> that's all not to mention that you have to go try to beat the top 15 so right right I mean (laughs) really so it's not that big of a day at work so um (laughs) I just I think that those of you who are of us who those of you who haven't been to the NFR in the breakaway those are just some behind the scenes things that maybe you don't really think about that we don't have to go through all year you know there's not really I can't think of any other format throughout the year that that we do that um, anywhere else. And so it's, it's pretty cool to, and a testament to all the girls that are roping, especially you guys, but, um, just the fact that, that it's fast and furious and, and you can show up and do your best. So it's pretty fun to watch, but let's yeah, talk, it is fun. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about pro fantasy rodeo. Have you ever played pro fantasy rodeo in the breakaway or any of the other teams? <laughs> so I have not. I think the oh. most I've ever done is we have a little, uh, Calcutta, team amongst our family every year but that's uh-huh. about all that's all that I've ever done I love every, hey, almost every girl I've talked to is like we have just a little bit of a, a team against our family and I'm like who you know of course we're competitive do we compete with our families uh yes do we have teams yes do we like to lose no you know what no. I mean so I think that's so bad cool. I beat my nephew and my husband no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Taylor's over there pouting, it's not because they're in a fight. It's because she beat him with her pro fantasy team. <laughs> so, okay, this year they're doing the pro fantasy breakaway again. Um, it is, you get to pick five girls. There's a $350,000 salary cap. So if you were going to pick five girls, who would your five girls be? Oh, my goodness. This is going to be difficult. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Do you need me to read you the list? Uh, probably Martha. She's had a great year all year. Martha's she's pretty salty in a setup like that. Yep. Um, 
Oh boy. You have 150. You're really putting me on the spot. Oh, I okay. You, so it's a salary cap. So now, okay. So Martha's probably not the greatest pick, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, we won't make you go through and pick all of them because I wouldn't want to give away your strategy because I too will be playing this. And so pro fantasy before, but we might have to look at it this year. It's just yeah. something I've never. I think I just have too much going on to take the time to look at it. What do you mean you got too much going on? You got three kids, <laughs> one husband, 500 horses. No big deal. <laughs> Don't forget the cows. <laughs> Don't forget the cows. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. headed to your NFR, but 2023 has already started. October 1. Um, you know, we we ended at Fort Worth and we started at Hempstead and Rosenberg the next day. So um, what's your plans for 2023? Are you are you going at it again? Yes, I am. Um, this time of year is hard for me because there's nothing going on up here and it's really hard to sit and watch the stuff. I'm not going to make a trip to Texas this time of year. And so it is a little bit difficult to know that other girls are already starting their earnings for 2023. I mean, it's another thing you just kind of have to mentally block out because I I think I'll come down for Fort Worth and Houston and San Antonio. And I'm not sure if anything else is adding breakaway or not yet, but those three for sure. And so hopefully they go well this year and I can get a little better start in the game. But it's the same thing as last year, I guess, even if it doesn't go good. Um, there's a lot to make up in the summer. So uh, I'll just kind of that's kind of my plan. And I'm just going to like I said, I'm literally just going to take it one day at a time. And if at any point in the year, I think that's probably not going to happen for me. I'll probably just pull back in circuit rodeo and spend a little time being a mom and help my kids maybe go to some youth rodeos. So, yeah, it's just. I guess, like I said, it'll be day by day for sure. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can come out of the winter a little better this year and set myself up that I can try to stay a little closer to home and not be trying to make up so much in the summer. Yeah. Well, I think that that's so cool too. And just a testament to what kind of person you are, you know, in and out of the arena that you're like, hey, if it, it I'm, I am going to take it one day at a time, which I love. And I totally think that that is a great mentality to have with what we do because you can get ahead of yourself in a hurry. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, just just wanting to do what's best for your family and your kids. Um, I think that that's really cool and and just a testament to, like I said, who you are in and out of the arena. So I have one more question for you. Um, okay. If you could give a piece of advice to a young lady that wanted to become a professional breakaway roper, what would it be? Oh man. Well, just one piece of advice is difficult, but I would definitely say that you can make it two or three. Okay. I'm not going to be picky. You have to believe in yourself. I mean, that is the most important part of what we do. You, you have to believe that you are capable of being a breakaway roper and that it's something you can do. And you also need people in your corner. I mean, especially if you don't come from a rodeo family, definitely don't count yourself out. You just got to seek out and find help from the right people. And most of the people in our industry are really willing to help. You just have to find those people and get some people in your corner. And I think that with those two things and, you know, having a place to practice, and even if you don't, you can rope the dummy. And it's just, I mean, you can get started and you just work your way up. And, you know, it's in the same, same in that boat. It's one day at a time. You're not going to improve overnight a whole bunch. But if you work at it every day, you're going to see a big improvement at the end of the year. Yeah, I think that that's great. And and you know it is. It's small steps. I read in my my devotional today. You know, it's just it's just small steps every day gain big results. And so um I think that that is just a testament to everything that we do in life. 
you know, um, just put the work in every day, in and out, even if it's just a little bit or if it's a lot. I mean, like you said, every day is different. And, um, but I love that believing in yourself, um, 110%. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to go a little bit deeper in there. Um, how do you get to the point where you believe in yourself? Hmm. (laughs) Do you like my hard questions? Thanks, Jordan. You're welcome. (laughs) No, I think it, I mean, nobody wants to come off as overconfident, but you, it, it comes from confidence and it comes within, within, you have to dig deep and. I mean, even if you're struggling, you have to go back and watch some videos of some better days. I mean, you just you just have to believe in yourself. And I can't really explain how you do that, but it's just you just got to dig in deep. And even if things aren't going your way, you have to get through it. And that's kind of what's always worked for me. If I'm in a little bit of a dry spell, I just have to like reset and go back, watch some videos of some better runs and, you know, get get all the bad thoughts out of your mind and you really just have to dig in deep and say that I can do this when you back in the corner. I love that. Great advice. Sorry, I made you go a little deeper, but it was really good input. Um, congratulations on your second NFR qualification and I am rooting you on and I will see you out there. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks girl. Thank you for joining us on in the loop breakaway roping podcast. I truly appreciate all of your loyal support. Don't forget to leave me a review, share this episode with a friend. And if you have any questions, I want to hear from you. Email me at jordan at thebreakawayropingpodcast.com. Go check us out, sign up for our newsletter, get our email alerts, text alerts, and all things breakaway roping. I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you down the road.